the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Since the recording of this program, the union opt-out window for teachers here in Minnesota has expanded, now covering the entire month of September. If you'd like more information on whether to opt out, you can go online to educatedteachersmn.com. Welcome to Education Nation, where we tackle the biggest issues in American education. School is now in session. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. Well, good evening, and thank you for joining us here on Education Nation. I'm your headmaster and host, Rebecca Hagstrom, and it's a privilege to join you every Saturday evening here on AM 1280, The Patriot. I'm joined in studio, of course, by our producer and educa- uh, my co-host, yes. <laughs> can't talk tonight, <laughs> uh, Mark Durkin. Nice to see you it's again. It's good to see you as well, too, Rebecca. Yes. In June of 2018, the landmark Supreme Court case, Janus versus AFSCME, overturned 40 years of precedent, having ruled that unions can no longer charge non-union employees fair share fees because they violate First Amendment rights of all public employees. And public employees, including teachers, no longer have to pay their fair share fees to cover the cost of the union's collective bargaining activities in order to take and keep their jobs. But the case also addressed First Amendment rights of union members in general. Educators, however, make up by far the largest component of state and local government employees, and education is typically the largest component of state and local government expenditures. In the Janus case, the Supreme Court majority stated that the right to speak, the right to associate or not to associate, which protects citizens against being forced to fund someone else's political speech, are indeed the bedrock of our freedom and constitutional republic. Because public sector unions can no longer collect agency fees or count on guaranteed income, perhaps they'll become more focused on the needs of the people that they represent. So, how are national and state teachers unions responding? Are unions heeding the warnings from the high court? Well, despite the First Amendment infringements that we spoke about last week, are well-paid union executives still using dues to support certain political candidates? and radical ideologies at the expense of representational duties? Well, tonight we're going to take a look at those responses coming from both the National Education Association and the State Teachers Union, Education Minnesota. Yes, and here in studio tonight to help Minnesota teachers understand some of these new developments and to help us to talk more about uh, how the union dues are being spent is Kim Crockett. She is vice president and senior policy fellow and general counsel with Center of the American Experiment. She also regularly consults with state and national policymakers and contributes commentaries to the Star Tribune, Pioneer Press, and other newspapers across Minnesota. And we are privileged once again to have Kim join us on Education Nation. Welcome back again, two weeks in a row. Good to see you. Thank you. It's great to be here. So good to have you here, Kim. 
Well, we are going to kind of switch gears from last week, and we are going to spend time, as we said, talking more about how some of these monies are being spent. And in 2018, Education Minnesota members paid $25 to the PAC for their union, generating total contributions of $2.7 million to strengthen the collective voice of educators in public policy making. So what specific steps must a new teacher and an existing union member take if they do not wish to contribute to the political action committee? And is this process another tactic to discourage teachers from exercising their constitutional right to not fund the political activities of the union? So I'll answer your second question first. Okay. About is this another tactic? (laughs) Yes. Yes, yes, and more yes. Right. And I'll tell you, the process for teachers to recover that small amount of money, $25, it sounds like a small amount of money. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, adds up, as you pointed Obviously, out, $2.7 million. Mm-hmm. Um, the process is so complicated, it's almost comic, hmm. except that it violates the First Amendment rights of citizens who work right. as teachers. Um, and I can't describe it to you because we don't have enough time. The If you call Education Minnesota and get the prompt for the directions on how it works, and we've got a transcript of it at educatedteachersmn.com, mm-hmm. It takes over three minutes for this woman. You've reached Education Minnesota. If you would like to obtain a refund on your PAC contribution, and it goes on and on and on. It's this complicated thing. So it's like basically they're saying, we don't want to give you a refund. And then you have to take notes the whole time so that you remember what to do, right? It's insane. (laughs) Um, And it's not online, by the way. It involves their magazine that comes out in October. You have to have a copy of the magazine. You cannot make photocopies of the refund request form. This is all in there. Mm. You have to use the original in your magazine. Oh, my goodness. And, Discouraging. And yes, it is. For, you know, so if you don't have a copy of the magazine, like say you're a new teacher or you moved or whatever. I mean, it, in Forget theory, it. You you're not getting your $25 right. back. <laughs> it, 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 and, it, if it, if, and you can only mail it in during certain dates. So if it arrives <gasps> early or late, it doesn't count. And oh I'm not making goodness. this up. That is it, crazy. It is disrespectful. It is rude. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it wants to get the people to think, well, it's just $25. Do I really want to Right. Go and that's the thing. I'm not going to go through all that for $25. Right. And, and yeah. just, just, mm-hmm. just as they must resign from the union at the end of September, this comes in October when, again, they're very busy and they've reached that point where they're just like, yeah. oh, my goodness, I need a break, yeah. you know, on yeah. the weekends. Forget and it. I'm gonna, they want me to do paperwork. So mm-hmm. let me just point out that the PAC money, which is a political action committee, mm-hmm. is money primarily used to elect people at the state, you know, local, state, and national level to do the bidding of the political agenda of the union. Mm-hmm. It's pretty aggressive stuff. Mm-hmm. And our teachers union in Minnesota collects that $25 in the dues that you pay for membership. So it's not done, it's not a separate transaction. Right. Mm-hmm. There are unions in Minnesota that do it separately, recognizing that this is pure politics. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything the unions do is political. But a PAC donation Mm -hmm. should not be in the revenue stream of normal dues, but it is for for our Mm -hmm. teachers. And then they make it 
almost impossible to get the money back. Mm-hmm. And as you pointed out, for each individual teacher, it's not that big of a deal. But when you look at it from the perspective of the union, that's $2.7 million. That they can spread that around. They can spread around. That's exactly. right. They yes. give to their friends. And we're going to start looking at where they spread that money. <laughs> <laughs> right, Mark? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Lots of numbers. Well, I, we mean, know, I, we, I know a lot of teachers who make a point of getting this money back. Oh, that's good. But I think if other teachers knew how it was spent, they too would take the time to right. get the money. Yeah, and hopefully we've got teachers listening because you're yeah. going to be hearing how this money is spent right, right and, now. And for these teachers, don't get focused on the fact, well, do I really want to go through all this for 25 bucks? It does add up. Yes. And every bit helps for mm-hmm. sure. You know, the Enterprise of Education Minnesota, it is devoted to the preservation of the union, its power, and the advancement of a particular political and social agenda, as we're about to find out. Mm-hmm. For example, take this. The union's 2015 and 16 federal LM2 report disclosed total disbursements of more than $60 million in which only $2.7 million went towards representational activities. Isn't that, let's stop and like, just let that soak in for a right. second here. $60 Minuscule. million dollars in which only 2.7 went towards Minuscule. representational activities. Absolutely. That leaves a full a whole 56 lot of money. or 57, $58 million almost that is... And much of it unaccounted for. Yes, and we're going to find that out too. And and this is the definition from Education Minnesota. And between 2015 and 2016 report and the 2016-2017 report, spending on political activities and lobbying, that increased by $1.3 million alone. But detail was only... In one year. In one year. Yeah. But of that money, Rebecca, only... $534,691 $534,691 was accounted for You've got to be of the total disbursements, leaving the majority of the payments unaccounted for. Mm-hmm. So what do these numbers suggest? And can you tell us, Kim, about some of the notable transaction payouts? Well, let me just say that when public sector unions became legal in Minnesota in the early 70s, uh, and this is true across the country, the government didn't follow up and say, well, what are we going to want to know? Um, you know, just like we ask corporations or nonprofits like mine, mm-hmm. Center of the American, mm-hmm. we file a 990. Right. What do we want? What are we going to want to know about how they spend their money and, mm-hmm. and interact in politics and so forth? We have almost no requirements. The only reason, Mark, that we know anything about sure. how Education Minnesota spends its money is it has a tiny group of private sector people that it represents. So it falls under federal requirements that it file the LM2 that you mentioned, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we wouldn't know any of this. Wow. It's the only reason why. Mm-hmm. As public sector unions, they're not required to file anything and tell us anything about their business. It's like, la, it's la, just, la, la, la. just shocking. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah it is absolutely so, shocking. So we do know a little bit in the requirements are weak. So where did some of that mm-hmm. money go? Mm-hmm. Um, two notable transactions, 25 grand to Women Winning, which is a women's advocacy organization, quote, more dedicated than ever, close quote, following the Trump presidency to, quote, electing pro-choice women to all levels of public office, close quote. Wow. Another 25 is- grand you know, and you may it's think that that's terrific. terrific but, right, but there might be people who don't think that's but, so terrific. But that's what you're funding. <laughs> right, uh, right. Another another twenty grand to Minnesota Voice. It's a nonprofit um, uh, uh, run by a gal who's tied into all things left, frankly, mm-hmm. here in Minnesota. Uh, and the, the campaign was specifically to defeat a proposed constitutional 
marriage amendment to Minnesota state constitution. So no. once again, yeah. let's just point this out. Again, this is money that's let's being connect spent. The dots. Yep, connect the dots for our yeah. listeners. This is money that's being spent by the public sector unions. Mm-hmm. And in this case we're talking about the teachers unions and spe- specifically. They're the most powerful. They in are Minnesota. the most powerful in Minnesota. They've yeah. spent 60 million dollars of which only 2.7 million can be accounted for representing them. And then of the remainder, only 534000 is accounted for. But we know that all of the rest of this money is going into supporting various PACs or various other programs that, as you've pointed out, are all on one side of sort of this philosophical spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. And yet they claim to be representing all of their teachers equally. Right. And we'll talk right. about it more. But mm-hmm. what does this have to do with my salary? Right. Um, my work conditions, my classroom as a teacher. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, wanting to track this money too. you know, that political activities and lobbying uh, sector is not the only area uh, in which there are monies that are going towards some of these agendas. It's noteworthy to draw attention to the fact that Education Minnesota uh, also is supporting organizations with these distinct uh, political uh, identifications through their contributions, gifts, gifts rather, and grants section of the LM2 report. It shows mm-hmm. up there as well. And what are some of the groups the union supports under this section of the report? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not quite sure what you're referring to there. Um, From the research that I did, it, it made it sound like that there were multiple areas or multiple classifications. Is this the foundation or... There just seemed to be multiple classifications in terms of where money was going to support some political uh, causes, and maybe it's more widespread than just two. Well, the dues get spread. Gets. Let me just name a, a few. Mm-hmm. The dues okay. get spread far, far and wide. And this, I mean, Education Minnesota uh, is a funder of or of leftist primarily organizations, both in Minnesota and outside. And I'll just mm-hmm. name a few. Mm-hmm. Okay, pro-choice women's organizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, labor unions, specifically for uh, DFL districts and, mm-hmm. and caucuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a whole bunch of those. And mm-hmm. then another big one is a is a federal organization through the uh, Alliance for Better Minnesota, which is actually a woman named Alita Messenger. She's a Rockefeller, mm-hmm. used to be married to Mark Dayton. Mm-hmm. And she's like a holding company in mm-hmm. Minnesota that collects cash from all the unions and 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 liberal and left-wing donors mm-hmm. and then she mm-hmm. and then she distributes, distributes it. it right so mm-hmm. teachers are funding this superstructure mm-hmm. if you will that brought us for example the results that we just saw in 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 uh, 2018 mm-hmm. here at, 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 at the midterm mm-hmm. uh, where there was just an overwhelming amount of cash supporting an agenda that doesn't really seem to match up Mm-hmm. With your average Minnesotan, mm-hmm. um, and they outspent candidates um, on the other side by tens of thousands, and in some cases millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. So it's it, and there's there's sort of a superstructure and Alliance for Better Minnesota is part right, of that. Right, so yeah, teachers are fu- directly mm-hmm. funding that. Mm-hmm. But they don't know that. Mm-hmm. Right. Cases. Well, they definitely, I think uh, most of so them probably don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I just want to remind our listeners that you are listening to Education Minnesota or Education Nation. <laughs> sorry. About Education uh, Minnesota. Yes, about Education Minnesota. We are talking with Kim Crockett here tonight. And we are discussing how much of the money from the Education Minnesota Union gets spent politically. 
And we do know also that the Political Action Committee from Education Minnesota supports DFL candidates. In 2016, Education Minnesota's PAC financially supported 155 DFL candidates versus only three GOP candidates. Mm -hmm. And that was in 2016. Get this. In 2018 election, the PAC supported zero GOP candidates Mm -hmm. compared to throwing their financial support behind 123 DFL candidates. Now, if we don't think that's a little bit uh, (laughs) (laughs) one-sided. Lopsided. Uh, Can you spell lopsided? (laughs) It's just so clear. And this is, we'd love to get this report into the hands of teachers because even uh, I think teachers who identify as liberal uh, would look at this and say, this just doesn't yeah. seem right. Right. This right. isn't fair because well, they have conservative colleagues or libertarian colleagues or colleagues, frankly, who aren't political at all. Who don't right. like mm-hmm. all this political mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And look at where all the money goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, one of the fi- things that I find interesting, and I don't want to go off too far in a different direction on a rabbit trail here, but um, there's always this discussion about whether private businesses should be able to give money to political action committees. Right. And, and the left is always kind of screaming about this Wanting whole issue. And yet they never want to talk about the union money that gets poured into the elections. Yeah. And I, you know, if it weren't for private business being able to do that, there would be even more of a lopsidedness, which is what it used to be. Prior to, I think, the Supreme Court case, I don't even know Citizens what year United. that was. Yes, what year yeah. that was, but yeah. um, been, that brought some equalization what, to yeah. uh, the monies going into the political process. But Yeah, and anyway. unions have way outspent corporate America, by the way, when you add it all Even up. now, even after Citizens United. Oh, following yes. Citizens yes. United. Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, well, Education Minnesota also spends heavily on salaries and benefits for its own employees. So not only do they, you know, support uh, kind of a one-sided view mm-hmm. of the political spectrum, um, they also are quite self-interested. And in 2015-16, the union spent approximately $21 million, which makes it an average of $135,000 per employee of Education Minnesota. Mm. Yep. Wow. That's not exactly middle-class living, is it? <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, so the, the union, Education Minnesota is a well-run uh, well-oiled biz- business, mm-hmm. and it's all—it's almost all funded by teacher teachers. You know, once again, teachers' salaries, yeah. right? This mm-hmm. is what you're. This is teachers what you're paying for. Fees. Yeah, about seventy-one percent of um, the union, the people who work for the union as an employee, and they may be former teachers. In many mm-hmm. cases, they are, and they're on leave mm-hmm. working for the union. About seventy-one percent of them make much more than the average. Right. Uh, school teacher. And what we found was that um, there's about 55 employees making $100,000 or more, um, including Denise Specht, who is a former kindergarten teacher, current president. Um, She's making almost $200,000 a year uh, as the head of the union. Mm -hmm. And then a whole slew of employees making 60 to 99 grand a year, which is kind of more the spot where teachers are in in their senior, Mm -hmm. right? Oh, yeah, senior part of their career. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, 
thirty to sixty thousand. There's mm-hmm. another, you know, forty teachers or forty employees or so, mm-hmm. and they have a pension plan and and all and you know, and a health care plan and all of that stuff. But yeah, they're right. do, you're doing better if you work for the union, frankly, than um, if you work if as a teacher. Than if you as you work mm-hmm. as a teacher. And one of the things I'd like to throw out for those of your listeners who like the union mm-hmm. and think that they're better off including conservative teachers, Mm -hmm. I'm better off because I've got this union looking out for me. If that's the case, why are so many teachers unhappy? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Why do they feel underpaid? Why do we constantly hear from Denise Specht uh, and other union leaders that teachers are not getting, you know, so, okay, so what's Mm -hmm. the union been doing? What have you done for me lately? Right. Is what I would ask if Mm -hmm. I was a teacher. Mm -hmm. And why aren't teachers uh, better compensated? Um, and we, we could go into whether they are or they aren't, because I think some are probably overcompensated, but I think many of them are undercompensated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and you have to lay that at the feet of the union and say, well, why is that? Uh, have you locked us into sort of a system of cogs as teachers? You know, we get compensated based on the number of years that we've been teaching rather than the results. Right. Imagine if other professionals got paid that way. Right. Right. And that's mm-hmm. part of unionism, mm-hmm. though. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and speaking of Education Minnesota, we know in the taking of the bulk of the revenue, they divide it from teachers between the local union, the state union, and its two national affiliates, mm-hmm. the American Federation of Teachers and the National Education Association. And that's who we want to focus a little bit tonight on. You know, last uh, month, the NEA promoted the Black Lives Matter Week of Action in schools during Black History Month specifically calling for clear efforts to demonstrate support for the three demands of the BLM Week of Action in schools. Would you explain, you know, a little bit about these three demands? And if I'm correct, I believe the second demand is really prevalent in new Governor Tim Waltz's vision for education here in the state of Minnesota. Right, the the Walls-Flanagan plan for for our wonderful state. Um, The three demands are... Uh, ending what's called a zero-tolerance policy uh, for discipline and shifting to what's called restorative justice. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll I'll do all three, and then we can talk about them separately. Mm -hmm. Um, The second one is to hire more black educators, hire and inspire more black educators. Yay, that would be great. Mm -hmm. Uh, The third is to mandate, this is the crazy, it's just really nuts, mandate ethnic studies for pre-K through 12. Um, in an age-appropriate way. Yes, age-appropriate. How is that age-appropriate right. for four-year-olds? Mm-hmm. Good Lord. And what do they mean by ethnic studies? So I think what we're seeing here um, is the un- this is what I want teachers and other public employees to understand. I want, I want you to understand that what the union's been doing for years is trying to divide us yeah. as, a, as a people. They're trying to divide us into race, class, sex, uh, g- this gender identity mm-hmm, obsession, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, all the chaos that's going on around us mm-hmm. right. where it's just exhausting. Yeah. Guess who's funding that? The union. The union. If mm. you go to the National Education Association website, which teachers in Minnesota are funding, by the way, and go to AFT, which they are also funding, the American Federation of Teachers, led by the lovely Randy Weingarten, um, you'll find all of this obsession yes. mm-hmm. with dividing us rather than bringing us together as Americans 
whether we're immigrants or we've been here for six generations like my family or whatever, um, they are sowing division. Yes. And Governor Walls is very much part and parcel of this, former school teacher, and unfortunately he has embraced all of this. Mm-hmm. Doesn't Rebecca Friedrich have a book out that discusses a lot of this as well? Yes. What's the title of her book? Uh, uh, standing Up to Goliath. There we Do go. I have that yes. right? Yes, Standing That's Up correct. to Goliath. That yeah, is right. Mm-hmm. It's Rebecca Standing, a thwart, mm-hmm. a previous elementary school teacher on the steps of the U.S. Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And she details all of it in there. you got to have mm-hmm. her back on the show. Right, right. She's we should the talk expert. about that more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mark, I know that um, we don't have a whole lot of time left here, so where, where would you want to go? You would like to talk yeah, a little let's bit talk about... talk about, you know, putting yourself in the shoes of the teachers. I mean, yeah. what mm-hmm. is... You know, I'm, they're taking in all this information. They're going to do research on their own. They're going to see that it goes far beyond... Uh, just this involvement in, in Black Lives Matter. I mean, they'll see uh, causes that are um, aligning with, you know, student sexual orientation and gender identity. Uh, they'll see some other things about restorative practices. Um, but I want to know, I want to really just focus on the teachers. You know, in Minnesota and across the country, there are going to be a lot of teachers that are conservative, and they're in the union, and they understand that these things are going on, especially uh, through the research. But they stay in for reasons that ultimately present an ethical dilemma for them. And mm-hmm. with all of the teachers that you speak with, with all of the research that you've done, why is that, and why is being a teacher today so difficult? Well, and this is where I want them to understand the, the unions, the connection to the union. We are bringing chaos uh, into the curriculum Mm -hmm. by focusing on things like gender identity. I mean, one of the things that the NEA says, I think these are fake facts, are that like a third of all students are experiencing some sort of harassment based on their sexual orientation or their gender expression. One third? I don't believe that. I don't don't believe that. That's a fake fact. Big number. I don't believe it Mm -hmm. for a second. Yeah, I'd like to see the proof of it. So they're whipping us up, right, and putting us on the defensive. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're telling white teachers that they have this inherent bias and that Mm -hmm. they can't teach black kids. Mm -hmm. I beg to differ. Exactly. There have been white teachers in the classroom forever who've loved and nurtured students of all shapes and sizes Mm -hmm. and colors in their classrooms. So my message would be, don't let them do this. But the challenge for teachers is that it's in the curriculum. And if you're in a bad school district, your leadership believes this. I mean, there are districts in um, the metro that uh, where the principal hires these uh, these educators from Minneapolis to come and tell the white teachers that they're responsible for the achievement gap mm-hmm. of their black students, right? And yeah. to dumb down the curriculum right. or change it somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is what's happening to our teachers in all over the metro area, being supported and by their own union dues. It, it's all being all supported. This. Yeah, by and I want to. I really want to tie dues. that back here yes. at the end because we've talked you're about funding, you're funding mm-hmm. the chaos if you're yes. funding the union. Mm-hmm. 
That is my message to you. I couldn't be any clearer than yeah. that. I, yeah, I, I that's think. really an important message right. to end on here. And we are out of time, and we want to thank you so much, Kim, for joining You're us welcome. these last two weeks. And keep us posted on on how the Janus uh, decisions may continue to grow. And as you said, other cases might be brought before the Supreme Court. Right. We'd like to um, stay up, up to date on this. And for our listeners, if you want to hear this podcast or any other of our podcasts, you can go to ednationmn.org or you can check us out on our Facebook page, Education Nation Radio, or follow us on Twitter at EdNationMN. And if you'd like more information about this whole case of Janice um, and learn more about how that affects you as a teacher, you can go to EducatedTeachersMN.com. EducatedTeachersMN.com. Kim Crockett is always available to answer questions um, for you through that website as well. So thanks again for joining us, and we look forward and to... And I just want to add one quick thought. Oh, Do go, go to EdNationMN.org under our podcast. Scroll down under archives. Go to episode 11 for the union's involvement in education. That's also very informative. Yes, very good. Thank you for adding that at the very end here. We will see you next week. Thank you. Since the recording of this program, the union opt-out window for teachers here in Minnesota has expanded, now covering the entire month of September. If you'd like more information on whether to opt-out, you can go online to educatedteachersmn.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.